Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. We're going to talk about pregnancy. And I just find this topic so fascinating because a lot of very seasoned HR professionals with whom we work still get a little tripped up on pregnancy leave. And there's a good reason for that. It's complicated. There's a lot going on. There are a lot of requirements and a lot of rules. And I want to talk to you today about some of them. We are going to be doing, as we always do, our annual leave of absence workshop. It's a two-day workshop. And this year, we're offering both a beginning session for newbies and then more of an advanced practicum for the folks who've been doing this for a while. So we are going to have two different workshops. They're great. We're already working on materials. Melissa Whitehead and I from our firm will be um, delivering those sessions and facilitating all of your discussions. But in talking about topics for them, I really thought, you know, I want to give a little bit of help to those of you who are struggling with pregnancy leave. Because in California particularly, we have a specific law that deals with pregnancy disability leave, right? It's PDL. And the law is part of our civil rights laws and it gives pregnant women and women who have a child um, who give birth to a child the right to take time off if they're disabled by their pregnancy they're also entitled to take time off if it would be medically beneficial um, as a reasonable accommodation or they may be entitled to a transfer Um, if it's what they call medically advisable. So there's a lot going on here in terms of what a pregnant employee may be entitled to. And it's really one of the most protected categories we have under California law because there is just so much public will to protect women who are pregnant and women who are having children. It's really sort of a public policy issue as well. Now, one of the things that's that's interesting here that we want to think about is there are overlapping laws, right? So we first we have this pregnancy disability leave or PDL, which is applicable to any employer who has five or more employees. And this is in the government code. This section is 12945. And also in the California Code of Regulations, Title II, Sections 11035 and 11037. So PDL gives you the right to take up to four months of leave based on the hours you work per week if you are disabled by pregnancy. So I just had a situation yesterday where an employee said, well, my baby's due May 23rd and I'm going to be ready to take my PDL on April 23rd because I want a month to get the nursery together. Well, if she's not disabled by pregnancy on April 23rd, she's not entitled to take leave, right? The leave is when you are disabled. Now, I will tell you, as many of you probably know, if you are pregnant, your doctor will often say to you, as mine did to me, when do you want to take off work? When do you want to be done with work? I worked till the night before I delivered Ella because it was a planned C-section and it was just, that's how it was. But many folks are able to take time off 
before. And it's not going to be much for the doctor to write, look, Jen is disabled by pregnancy. She needs to quit work on April 23rd. So I want you to understand that although it's only for folks who are disabled by pregnancy or childbirth, it's not that hard to meet that standard. You do always, of course, want to get documentation um, from the healthcare provider. Now, the other thing is you're as an employee, we are supposed to give our employer at least 30 days notice of our um, need to take leave. Now, obviously, if there's some sort of emergency situation, that won't, won't be required. And employees get to take this leave intermittently, right? So they can take it all at once, or they can take it, for example, for, for doctor's appointments. And keep in mind, pregnancy disability leave is job-protected leave, right? That employee who takes pregnancy disability leave or accepts a transfer, for example, as an accommodation, they're going to be entitled to go back to that same job um, unless the job no longer exists after they are no longer disabled. Now, remember, pregnancy disability leave is unpaid, but employees can apply for state disability insurance benefits for that purpose. So it gets a little confusing. It's unpaid by the employer, but they can apply for SDI or if you're a state employee, um, um, NDI, right? Non-industrial disability insurance. The question about whether you can make your employees use time off when they're on PDL, remember you can never require them to use sick leave um, because of the California mandatory sick leave law. Healthy Families, Healthy Workplaces Act. Um, you can't require them to use vacation or PTO either. So for the purposes of, preg of uh, pregnancy disability leave, the only sick leave you can require an employee to use is non-Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act leave. So if you happen to have two banks, you can have them use the bank that is not the required mandatory California sick leave. Of course, you have to maintain your employee's health insurance benefits if you normally are doing that. Um, you can't have the employee lose seniority or any other benefits. And, you know, you want to always, of course, work as cooperatively as you can with your employees uh, when they may need PDL. Now, obviously, if you're an employer that's covered by either the California Family Rights Act, uh, well, I should say the FMLA and or the California Family Rights Act, remember that pregnancy disability leave runs concurrently with the FMLA, but not the CFRA, because employees can save their California Family Rights Act time for when they're bonding with the child. So you always have to think about if someone's going to take pregnancy leave, we can run down their FMLA balance, but we cannot run down their CFRA balance. And then, of course, once they are no longer disabled by pregnancy and they're entitled to bond with the new baby, they can use the remainder of their FMLA time if they didn't use all 12 weeks during that 12-month period. They can use their CFRA bonding leave, and then they can get paid for that time by um, applying for paid family leave. And if you were at our legal update this year, you will remember that the state is making that program more rich in terms of the benefits that are available. So you should expect more people to want to take time off for bonding because they're going to be able to get those wage replacement benefits. And of course, under the California Family Rights Act and 
the FMLA, we still have to continue health insurance benefits. So I feel like you're going to find a lot more folks wanting to take pregnancy leave. And that includes the dads, right? Or the other parents, because they're going to get to take time off to bond. They're not disabled by the pregnancy, but they are going to get time off to bond potentially. So that's important as well, because you're going to get those paid family leave benefits potentially, and they're going to last for eight weeks instead of six. And you're going to get more uh, benefits than you um, you did or you are currently. That's going to come in 2024 and 2025. So lots to talk about in pregnancy. You know, one of the things that I think is most important is making sure that you have a way of tracking leave, because as you can already see, we've got pregnancy disability leave, we've got FMLA, CFRA leave. Remember, paid family leave is not leave. It, it's a dumb title, quite honestly, because it confuses people. It's not about leave, it's just wage replacement. So, it, so paid family leave doesn't give anybody the right to take the time off. What it does is um, give folks the ability to obtain wage replacement benefits, which of course will encourage them to uh, take more time off. So when you think about pregnancy disability leave and all of the types of leaves that are associated with pregnancy and childbirth, you do want to make sure that you've got someone to track it. You have a system to track it. You're not making them use time that you shouldn't be making them use, right? Remember, you can never require an employee to take Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act um, sick leave. That was our 2015 law effective July 1 of 2015 that mandated that those um, sick leave programs. So there's a lot to talk about here. Obviously, the other thing to look at is never to assume someone's pregnant. Wait for them to come tell you so that you can give them proper documentation. There is a pamphlet that is part of your required um, notices that you have to distribute when someone tells you they're pregnant and they may want to take time off you need to give them that brochure, which also covers paid family leave. You want to make sure that, that you're giving your employees all of the benefits to which they may be entitled. So pregnancy is one of those areas that can get complicated, but I think if you break it down and sort of think about what am I trying to do here and recognize that you know, if you have the luck that I have, when the person wants to take pregnancy leave, it's going to be the busiest time of the year. It's going to have the most impact. But remember, if they come back, this is just a blip in their employment with you, right? So some people have blips later on in their career. Some people have blips early in their career. But you want to make sure you're never, of course, taking any negative action against anyone uh, because they're pregnant or they've taken pregnancy leave. Don't forget about lactation accommodation related to pregnancy and childbirth. You've got to have a place for them to lactate other than a restroom. So you want to make sure that you don't let that fall by the wayside. That's a law that got a lot of press when it first came out several years ago, but it hasn't had a lot since then. And I think it's important for everyone to understand what the expectation there is in terms of having lactation accommodation. So when you look at 
pregnancy leave and the related issues, lactation, wage replacement, et cetera. You really got to know your stuff here. You've got to know your P's and Q's. You've got to be able to identify where leaves may overlap, like the FMLA and the PDL, what bonding leave actually means. Remember in California, under the California Family Rights Act, folks can take bonding leave um, in two-week increments on two occasions. It doesn't have to all be taken at once the way it is under the FMLA. Also remember that if you're a multi-state employer, you're going to have to figure out how you want to deal with the employees who are in each state, right? Many, many states have state uh, medical leave laws now that cover pregnancy, like Oregon, Washington, New York, New Jersey, there are several. So if you're a multi-state employer, it definitely becomes a little more complicated for you when you're looking at, at how to manage these issues. Just remember also there are notices you have to distribute, there are posters you have to put up, and you do have to include these kinds of uh, discussions about leave and eligibility and, and how you're going to track time, et cetera, in your employee handbook. Because if you don't, you, the employee gets to interpret uh, the laws in a way that is most beneficial to them. And there are also potential penalties. So you want to be sure that you have a handbook that is accurate, that actually reflects what the what the pregnancy laws are in your state. Again, if you're a multi-state employer, you're going to need to make sure you have that covered. So I want to make sure that all of you follow up on the issues we've talked about here today. Make sure you've got policies and notices and posters in place. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction. 